events dramatized in community are fictional. However, due to the nature of the content, which revolves around a mass shooting in progress, this podcast may not be suitable for certain listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Necessary Outlet presents Community. Officer Andrews heard police codes fly across his dispatch nearly every day of his two years on the police force. Certain codes were more frequent than others. The administrative ones, for instance, no sirens, use caution, say again, and also those for the most common situations like domestic disputes and suspicious vehicles. This, this wasn't a usual code. This was the first 1090 he'd ever heard. A 1090? Andrews grabbed his radio with such force he was afraid he might have damaged it. 1070, I'm two minutes away. He was the first among a chorus of 1070s, all announcing that they were redirecting to intercept. While a 1090 wasn't in his daily routine, it was one of those rare circumstances that required its own training course. His police force had actually added the 1090 code in recent years due to the proliferation of such situations throughout the country. Though to the best of Andrew's knowledge, they hadn't had the opportunity yet to use it. 1090. Mass shooting in progress. Multiple shots fired, multiple casualties. Some callers have exited, but many are reporting locked doors preventing them from leaving. Shooter remains active. As Andrew sped towards the address, he reviewed everything he remembered about responding to a 1090. Key, engage immediately. Mass shooters do their most damage within the first few minutes, so he knew as soon as he arrived, he would be going in. Dispatch would be his guide. They would pull information from the people inside that he would use to locate the shooter as swiftly as possible. Locate and... Andrews had never fired his gun on duty. In two years, not one shot. He already knew that his streak ended today. Peeling around the last intersection, he slammed his car into park, ready to charge in. He reported to dispatch. 1023, am I first on the scene? Yes, officer's five minutes out. He was going in. 1033, I'm going in. Looks like three floors. Do we know where he is? Shooter is still engaged. He's wearing all black. As he prepared to go inside, he saw two women huddled nearby, clearly in shock. There was no doubt that they had escaped something. Something horrific. He spun around to see if there were others, a crowd of those that had fled. He saw a few ghost white faces, but not as many as he'd expected. He then remembered what dispatch had said about the locked doors. How did you exit? Front doors? He just started shooting. I think he shot Andy. Did you exit through the front or another door? He came in the front. We couldn't. The other doors were locked, but someone had keys. He let us out over there. Bella pointed to a door on the side of the building, then went back to consoling Erica. Andrews quickly weighed his decision of where to enter. We, we tried to get him to come with us, but he stayed to open the doors for other people. He'd already wasted too much time. He broke from the girls and sprinted towards the front door. He could already make out crumpled bodies just inside the doorway when... 10-12. All units 10-12. Stand by. 
Do not engage 1090 at Spruce and Oak. Repeat, do not engage. 1071 reported. Await backup and further instructions. Repeat, 1090 at Spruce and Oak is a 1071. 1012, do not engage. Await further instructions. Andrew stopped his advance with such force his knees buckled. A 1071? He peered inside, seeing if he could make out any of the... Hostages? Inside, hiding in the second floor coat closet, Brad... Maybe like two minutes ago? ...was doing his best to help. The last shots were two minutes ago? Yeah, maybe. I, uh, they were very close, and then he could just... He could just be somewhere else, I don't know. What floor was that on? Second floor, where I am. You're on the second floor? Yes, yeah, so in the coat room. I'm hiding under some coats, and... Brad looked down, into the eyes of the woman who saved him. Behind... Behind someone he shot. Did you see him get shot? She stepped in front of me. Did you see him shoot anyone else? Lots of people. How many other people? Lots of people. How many shots? I don't know, a lot. What kind of gun did he have? A big gun, a small gun... Was it firing I, I don't fast? Know. Did he have to Fast, reload? fast, fast. Was it slow? I hit, I don't know. He, he shot her. I, I felt back and she told me to hide. I, I don't know. Black, white, Hispanic? I don't know. I, I don't know. 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 Okay. 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 What do you hear, Brad? Nothing. Just her. Earlier, Miguel had hauled Cynthia, middle fingers blazing, from her altercation on the third floor down the main staircase. You can put me down now. Nope. Dude, I'll walk. Nope. You're awful. Yeah, 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 I know. They passed by the coat check, which gave Cynthia an idea. I I need my coat. He let her down but remained close by. She seemed like a runner. Skipping the massive line that seemed to always form around the ill-staffed coat check, Miguel pushed Cynthia to the front, which garnered some protest from the crowd. Um, these people have been waiting. You're rude. You're stalling. Get your coat. She was stalling. Cynthia feigned rummaging through her pockets when she finally saw... Mia! Oh boy. Talking to Allie nearby. Mia, it's me! I think your friend is calling you. Mia! I'm getting thrown out! Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, you like him crazy, huh? <sighs> it's cool. Time for my cigarette anyway. Double C diet. Double C diet, yes girl! <laughs> Good luck. Allie gave her new friend a peck on the cheek and scurried downstairs as Nia cast a forlorn glance over to Cynthia, who was standing next to an impatient-looking Latino man. Approaching. Girl, he's throwing me out. What did you do? Nothing! She slapped someone. Except that. And then spit at her. Yeah, but you already decided you were throwing me out before that, so that doesn't count. It doesn't? No. That was like a Hail Mary. You slapped Jess? No. I love Jess. I slapped the new girl. I mean, allegedly. I literally watched you do it. You got that on tape? Probably. Hi, Mia, is it? Can you please give her back her coat check ticket so I can finish dragging her crazy ass out of here? Or you can just put Mia in charge of supervising me and let me stay? This isn't let's make a deal. Well, what would you have done, huh? 
Put yourself in my shoes, okay? What if your boyfriend then you will totally get this. Do you love your girlfriend? Very much. You're still stalling. Okay, well, imagine she breaks up with you, okay? Suddenly, like after a whirlwind month of hanging out nearly every day, tons of sex, laughing and flirting and just so much intimacy so fast. Really gets your hopes up. And then not only did she break your heart, but then you see she's dating a new guy literally the same week she broke up with you. What would you do? Break his neck? Yes. See, you would do the same thing I did. You would track her movements on Instagram and then watch for the next time she was out with the new bitch in public and then pretend to get sick at work so you can drive down to where they are, find her car, and knock out all of her lights and windows with a tree branch. Then go into the bar where they're hanging out and confront them together. Right? Wow. See? See? So how are you going to throw me out when- Will you please give this crazy white lady her coat check ticket? She didn't bring a coat. Really? Girl, yes I did. Remember, we were getting ready at home and I was like, how cold is it? And you were like, not that cold, girl. And I was like, um, you always say that and it's always freezing. So then I went upstairs. I met her tonight, down the block, tree branch in hand. You're a traitor. Upstairs, Luke. Someone must have pissed her off tonight. And Brad. Yeah, she was definitely in a bad mood from the start and she let them have it. Filed out of Velociraptor's drag show where they had just seen Hector get eviscerated. I mean, she's usually vicious, but that was... Yikes. I actually kind of felt bad for Hector. Yeah, I kind of did too. Despite Hector's callousness to Brad earlier, seeing Velasa single him out in front of the crowd to ridicule him, it was still uncomfortable to watch. I'm sure she has to put up with a lot of assholes like Hector in real life, so... I mean, I guess when she has the power... Oh yeah, that wasn't about Hector, that was about years of Hector's. I mean, it was still funny. <laughs> I think there's this perfect balance of, like, uncomfortable and funny, or like mean and funny or offensive and funny and I feel maybe like maybe tonight we found that line yeah yeah I think we did (laughs) (laughs) so are you still gonna chaperone me unless you've aged two years during the course of that show yes during the earlier interaction with Hector Luke had realized that Brad was underage well maybe you can monitor me downstairs having another vodka soda I said you could stay for the show That's it, time to go Well what about the second show? Did you bring a coat? Come on It's bedtime for little college freshmen Now let's go downstairs and get your coat There was no convincing him So Brad reluctantly followed Luke down the stairs So how long have you worked here? Just a few months My friend Miguel hooked me up with it Do you like it? Uh, not really the career path I had imagined What did you imagine? that I'd be making staff sergeant this year. Oh, wow, military? That's hot. Yeah, I thought so too. So, what happened? The ban. The ban? And then he realized. The ban, so you're... Yep. So they kicked you out? No, I left. You could've stayed? Yeah, only the bigot in chief wanted us all kicked out. The service didn't want any of this, so... Basically, the ban is really only for new people enlisting. And anyone who was in it before and met certain requirements could just keep serving. But it just didn't feel right. What do you mean? 
To keep serving, you had to go and get like a formal diagnosis of gender dysphoria, and I mean, when I enlisted, it wasn't even a thing. I just got to be myself. I just... I was just one of the guys, you know? But now being singled out hey, and... you don't have to tell me anything. It's none of my business. I, I, I didn't mean... No, no, no. I haven't really verbalized this yet. I think serving meant so much to me. I think... I really tied it to my journey, you know? It felt like sort of the final hurdle or a badge, maybe? Enlisting just came with this wave of acceptance. I remember going home after I did it and looking in the mirror and saying to myself, I'm a military man. I'm a man. I did it. Like I finally fit the picture I had in my head for so long. Then that orange motherfucker just fucked it all up. Yeah, I fucked a lot of stuff up. Do you regret leaving? Because Trump isn't forever. It'll go back to normal at some point. Maybe you could have just stuck it out. Or... I don't want to be a part of something that doesn't want other people like me who aren't lucky enough to have grandfathered in, you know? An attack on one of us is an attack on all of us. I mean, I respect those who stayed. I really understand, but for me, I just couldn't. I, it didn't feel the same anymore. So you came to work at a gay bar? Well, Miguel's been one of my best friends for like, well, since before. Before? Yeah, before. Oh, got it. And I mean, at the end of the day, I guess that feeling that I got from enlisting, that feeling of acceptance, it was really just all about community. So I guess I, I just felt like I needed to find community. Brad smiled. He was developing a crush. Well, at least you don't have to wait two more years before you can come be a part of it. Ugh, guilt! Yup. Is it working? Sort of. What if I also did this? Brad leaned forward and kissed Luke. After hearing Luke's story, the intimacy of the moment was intense. You're manipulative. A little, but is it working? Oh, you're trouble. You have no idea. Let's get your coat, and then you can get one more drink, but only because I want to make out with you more. That's fair. They finally reached the coat check, taking a spot in the back of the line. But notice Miguel lifting the crazy white woman from earlier up over his shoulder towards the front of the line. You still haven't handled this? Shut up. Seeing Brad, Nia. You got in. I got in. You can't handle one crazy grown-ass lesbian. How are you going to handle a baby? Wait. You're having a baby? <sighs> yes. Oh, that's so great. Nia just had a baby. Put me down and let's look at pictures. We're leaving. Leaving Nia to her spot against the wall, Miguel started hauling his cargo towards the staircase that went down to the first floor. He passed by Luke and Brad on the way. Uh, who's this? Brad. This is Miguel. Uh, Brad, how old are you? I'm taking care of it. Oh, I bet you are. Leave us alone. Miguel, where are you? I'm taking someone out. I need you to help me close up the third floor. It's too dead up here to keep it open. Angelo, I'm supposed to be out in the cabana. Oh, fuck. Velocity just saw me. She's gonna be up my ass. Just get here as soon as you can. I need my keys back. <sighs> what a fucking night. Miguel headed to the staircase with Cynthia. Downstairs, Allie, having just left Nia up at the coat check, blew a kiss to Frank the bouncer as she went outside for her cigarette. As she stepped into the little roped-off space, 
and pulled her cigarette and lighter out of her purse, she noticed a slender white guy in his 20s with his eyes closed, leaning against the wall. Seeing how sweaty he was, Allie assumed he was rolling. Or sick. You're gonna throw up. Please do it in the street. He ignored her. As she puffed on her cigarette, enjoying the fresh air, she couldn't help but watch the quiet man leaning against the wall. Mostly because he was cute. Allie could usually get a good read on someone pretty fast. Looking him up and down, she finally realized, Oh, you're a street boy. That got his attention. She continued her assessment. Mm-hmm. I'm right. And, okay, let me guess. You're definitely single. His cold stare flickered ever so briefly. It's the color scheme. See, straight boys like yourself are god-awful at dressing themselves. So I assume you open your closet and were like, okay, I've got these black jeans and what goes with black? Oh, black. And now here you are, looking like you're about to redress the set before act two. He said nothing. I'm calling you the stage crew, honey. It's a joke. He did not want to be, but he was definitely intrigued. You should smell more, sweetie. Wait, am I allowed to say that? I mean, you can't. Don't you ever say that to a woman, okay? But can I say that to you? Anyway, I assume you got drugged here by your friends who have now conveniently disappeared, yes? And you're out here because if you're in there alone, you're afraid a dude is going to come up to you and try to get all over you, yeah? just stared at her. Here's an idea. Why don't you come buy me a drink? Because I don't let nobody get up on the man I have on my arm. Is that a smile? Mr. Strong and silent type? Oh, don't fight it. I know I've got you. I'm Allie. He told her his name. He immediately regretted it. He speaks! All right, well... I've got to go make sure I get my front row for Veloc's second show, which I'm just going to guess is something that you wouldn't really be into. So, if you're still around in an hour, you should come find me. Squeezing the bouncer's arm, Allie slinked back into the club, throwing the man in all black a flirtatious look before disappearing behind the doors. He took several deep breaths before reaching down into his duffel bag at his feet for his ski mask. What's the situation? Why won't they come in? Downstairs. My name is Allie Brown. I am not injured. Other people are. And his name is Chris and we're on the first- The shooter yanked the phone he had pressed to Allie's face away and glared at her. Allie winced, expecting that he would hit her. Or worse. But he didn't. Just his stare. The same cold stare he had given her outside. 
She watched him start pacing, nervously. She had obviously upset whatever his plan was by revealing his name and where he had kept her to the police. Allie did her best to focus on him and not look around her. She desperately did not want to see anyone she might recognize in the piles of bodies around her. She was doing her best to remain calm and alert, compartmentalizing her fear to deal with later. But seeing someone she knew as one of his victims might undo all that composure. So she focused on her breathing, slow in, slow out. Eventually he stopped pacing and stood still, staring at some spot on the wall. Allie, Allie didn't think he would kill her. He had killed so many already, she was obviously important to whatever he was planning. At the very least, she assumed she was being kept alive to keep the police from coming inside, not wanting to risk her life in a firefight. It was then that Allie was suddenly struck with a morbid thought. If the police really knew who she was, would risking her life even matter to them? It was close. Someone, or a group of someones, were barreling down the staircase, hopefully leading to an exit. The shooter perked up and took brisk steps towards the next room. What do you want? She had hoped to distract him, if only for a second, hoping to buy those people some time. He stopped cold and turned his gaze back towards her. Let them go. You made your point, and you have me. Just let them go. He seemed to think it over, but ultimately turned back towards the noise and headed in that direction. Community is brought to you by Necessary Outlet Productions. Necessary Outlet, gay characters, universal content. You can find more of our content on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash necessary outlet. And be sure to check out our web series history, which has received over 50 accolades and selections from film festivals. You can find even more content at www.necessaryoutlet.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at necessoutlet. N-E-C-E-S-S. I might have loved you once I'm older. When I found out the world is colder I might have loved you Than I thought I might have loved you Once I'm older And be sure to check out Jack Tracy's album Older And forthcoming album For You Anywhere music is sold I might have loved you Once I'm back then I was enamored with the feeling of brand new You say that I'm a boulevard You did not think that at the start You used to tear me all apart But now that I'm a rising star You're coming on now to the world There ain't no trophy and I ain't gonna be another notch in your belt you must be bugging when I was struggling I don't remember your help Now that you need me, hands up for free But you can just do that yourself I how you learning when tables turning Now you can watch me from afar You can watch me 
Oh, you can just watch me from afar. But you can watch me. Said you can just watch me, watch me. Now you can just watch me from afar. Cause I don't forget the past. And how you'd put my shit on blast. But now you wanna be the ass. Thinking that it's within your grasp. I ain't no trophy and I ain't gon' be another notch in your belt. You must be bugging when I was struggling. I don't remember your help. Now cause you need me hand up for free But you can just do that yourself I thought you learned when tables turning Now you can watch me from afar Afar Oh you can just watch me from afar Watch me from afar Oh you can just watch me, watch me Watch me from afar You said you Blow up, uh, you're back and brand new It's all uh, hate you Boy, look at you If I was you, I'd remember me too Seeing how you fell on the edge of the earth It certainly takes some nerve to want a coattail or two Of all this fair weather fun and I resented And I said that shit because I meant it But you, you can watch me from afar Now you can watch me from afar. <laughs>